We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Good okay. evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Ezra Podcast. My name is Sarge, and joining me tonight is Danger, who's not happy because we don't like Elf mm. and Monster. How you doing, Monster? Oh, I'm very excited to talk about one of my favorite video game franchises ever. And this episode is-, is not on Elf, so, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's about Doom, the game, the movies, the franchises. Oh. Do we have to talk about the movies? Yes, we're going to have to talk about the I movies. I only know one movie, so... There's you know. two. There's okay. two. There's two. We'll get there. We'll get there. No, no cringe. No cringe. We're going to get there. So, Doom is an American media franchise created by John Carmack, Adrian Carmack, Kenneth Cloud, and Thomas Hall. Additionally, John Romero. I was going to say, I mean... <laughs> Usually it's John Romero and John Carmack. It's weird you'd put him at the bottom, but okay. I was just going to leave him out just to, just to stay driving home at you because I know how much you love this game series and how much you love John Romero. Why do you love John Romero so much? I don't necessarily love John Romero, but I do kind of like the fact that he's sort of like a rock star while also being a complete nerd and dork, like all at the same time, like, like he plays D and D and programs computers, but also drives Ferraris and thinks he's a badass. <laughs> so that's actually becoming a lot more commonplace for true celebrity. Like, but he's, he's embraced it for his mm-hmm. entire. He was ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and just to clarify, for weird as the name Carmack is, John Carmack and Adrian Carmack are not related in any way, shape, or form. They just happen to work together. <laughs> I'm not even sure who Adrian Carmack is. So he was one of the like artist designers for the mm-hmm. original Doom games. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So John Romero actually kind of led the being a nerd is okay. You know. So I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. The original Doom is considered to be one of the first pioneering first-person shooter games that included IBM-compatible computer features such as 3D graphics, three-dimension spatiality, gosh, network multiplayer gameplay, and supported player-created modifications. Now, all that being said, the original Doom in 1993 had some severe limitations, meaning you couldn't look up and you couldn't jump because it would crash the game. So they had to take those game mechanics out. So you could only strafe left and right, forward and backwards, and move your mouse. That was roughly about it. And and they had an auto-aiming system in place to where if one of the bad guys was like on a platform above you, if you just aimed towards that direction, it would shoot up for you. As Basically. long as there was not another bad guy within the close proximity. Blocking. Yeah. 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 And now, that would you, happen a lot of times. Like you would have enemies who had a ranged attack behind a group of like pinky demons or something that was like 
had a melee attack. So you couldn't actually shoot the ones that are like shooting rockets at you. You had to like clear out the fodder in front of you first. Now you did say something that I have a question about the original doom only came out on, uh, on PC, right? The, the first doom. It came out on PC first, but was ported to pretty much every system around PlayStation. There was a 32X version for Sega Genesis. Yeah. So I'm going to get into I'm going to get right. into the release years for the different platforms here in a few minutes. So, okay. So yeah, the, it did come out. MS-DOS 1993 only. Right. And that was at a time where PC gaming was not a very popular thing. No, but because this game, game still garnered a bunch of popularity. Of course it did. You because it, it came on the heels of Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein 2. Yes. So Wolfenstein truly set the stage for a first person shooter. Again, had the same limitations. If you ever played Wolfenstein, you could only use left, right, and space bar to open doors. And I forget what shoot was. It's been a hot minute since I played Wolfenstein or Wolfenstein 3D or any of those. I mean, the original uh, yeah. Wolfenstein and Doom, the big difference was in Wolfenstein, you fought Nazis and Doom, you fought demons for the most well, there's part. A lot. No, no, no. There was uh, a big uh, leap graphically as well. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking about like between like the two big storylines, like that was really the big difference between the two. Yeah. But I mean, Doom, it obviously took off more and then Wolfenstein caught up later, I think. So Wolfenstein was right, not a Wolfenstein episode, but this will segue yeah. into Doom. Sure. Wolfenstein, you had to find certain keys to unlock certain doors to get to the exit, right? Additionally, I remember playing Wolfenstein, you would like strafe across the wall and hold the space bar button to unlock the secret rooms in the walls. Doom also started doing that. So in yeah. Doom, you had colored key cards to open certain colored doors, like blue key card, green, red, and I think yellow were the were, were the ones. But Blue, they red, also yellow. had little, yeah. They also had little secret, like nooks and crannies that you didn't open with space bar, but kind of you just kind of walk through them if you knew they were there. Kind of like clipping through the wall. So yeah, yeah, there was. If you looked on the on the walls, you would see like a slightly different shading on a particular panel, and you would know to hit space bar there, and it would open up a secret wall. Other times, like you said, it was just an invisible wall, which was a lot of fun, especially when they would hide monsters behind it that would start shooting mm -hmm. at you for no reason. But yeah, it was full of these weird little nooks and crannies with weapons and upgrades that you could get like earlier than you would if you just went through the regular campaign. They weren't as cryptid as some games can be, especially like on Nintendo, but there was a lot of, you just, a friend had to tell you it was there or you would never find it kind of stuff. That is true. Yeah. Were there any game like guides for the first doom? I'm sure there were. I, I don't know for a there, fact, but I would imagine there was after a few years when I think it was 1990. Six when Final Doom came out, or maybe it was 97 when Doom 64 came out. They started, that was like the era of game guides. Yeah. And I think they went through and somebody did do a few of them for the original Doom. So yeah. there's also, also additionally with key cards and the eight different weapons you could get. I can't remember what the eight additional ones were. Oh, but, I can do that. Well, hold on. Let, 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 let me continue. <laughs> 
not only key cards and the eight different collectible weapons you could get, but it also had armor and health. Wolfenstein only had health, but Doom inserted armor into the mix. So go ahead. What, what were the weapons? See if I can find them on my All right, let me see. So I know you've got the pistol, the shotgun, the chain gun, the plasma rifle. The chain mm-hmm. gun was so much fun. The rocket launcher, the chainsaw, the the BFG. Mm-hmm. You said eight. Let's see, that's seven. What am I missing? I'm looking right now, trying to see if I can find. I know because the only thing I, I can think of it. is in Doom Two is when they introduced the super shotgun, which is the double barrel shotgun, which is the greatest shotgun in video game history. But Am I am I missing one? I know, and and then also yeah, if you the, run out, of- it doesn't go it go, doesn't go into detail, but it says the original game featured eight weapons designed in such a way that no weapon became obsolete after the acquisition of another. With the player carrying around all these weapons at once, the strategy of gun juggling rapidly rapidly switching between weapons depending on the circumstance can be employed. Outside of combat mechanics, Doom levels can feature mazes, colored key cards, and hidden areas. Due to technical limitations, players could not look up, jump, or dart around in the classic series. The so only, it doesn't tell me what they were. Sorry. The only other weapon I could think of would be the you can use your fist, which yeah. sounds like it would not be useful, but it actually but it is. is. If, you, if you play on harder difficulty settings, Ammo conservation is important, and you can actually get this power up called Berserk Mode, where it immediately switches to your fist, but it gives you, I think, 10 times the amount of power you normally have. So you would literally run up to low level enemies, one punch, and they would explode into gore. <laughs> um, and, and the screen turns white, I think it is. Or, or red, it turns red. And a lot of people thought that once the screen went back to normal, your punch went back to normal, but it didn't. So you could continue to one punch the lower level enemies until that the next level or until you die. All right. So now I'm going to get into what L Danger had. So all the rest of Doom games up until recently followed the exact same pattern almost of of gameplay so i'm not going to delve into like doom 2 doom 3 doom 64 doom eternal i'm not going to dive into those too in depth right oh man but they're all very different (laughs) they are all very different and some of like the little small things that i found with the difference is like the name of the guy what do you guys remember his name was i don't remember remember well, they always called him Doom Guy in the first couple games, and then yeah, I don't remember he had a name. So, well, 2016 and Doom Eternal, they call him the Doom Slayer because they okay. they actually created like a backstory a little story, bit. Yes, yeah. So for the first, so up until every game up until 2016, there was really no backstory into the guy that plays Doom in 2020. Is it 2023? The last one came out. Yeah. 22. Yeah, 22. He became known as just the Slayer. 
which so just to just to backtrack a little bit so doom and doom 2 and the ultimate doom all that that came out on pc was very you're right they all shared a very similar palette they might add some monsters add some weapons the level design changes a little bit but it's all generally the same well they took a break after two for a couple years before they came back with doom three which was a totally different thing rework yeah and it was almost more survival horror than it was first person shooter it still was a first person shooter but it was a lot slower paced and it was darker you had to actually like hold the flashlight and your weapon at the same time and i think they actually had to like patch it out later because it was too difficult to try to manage both and then you're exactly right when 2016 the they call it doom 2016 came out it was a whole new animal it was mm -hmm. a it was a first person run and gun action packed experience, but it was as gory as can be. They still managed to add a little bit of story. I collectibles. Yes. Uh, it's so immersive there. It's so expansive. I, I hesitate to say that doom 2016 is the best because the originals were so groundbreaking for the time. But as far as I'm concerned, the most fun I ever had is playing doom 2016. Okay, so before we get into 2016, right? We're gonna go. <laughs> You're jumping original ahead, Doom. monster. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay, he's excited. I'm happy. He's excited. I'm happy. So the original Doom was released MS DOS 93, Sega 32X, and Atari Jaguar 94, Super Nintendo systems, and PlayStation in 95, 3DO in 96, Sega Saturn 97. Acorn Archimedes in 1998. I have no idea what that is. The Acorn Archimedes. Looks like a Commodore 64. Sounds like a Batman villain. Yeah. It, you're not wrong. The Game Boy Advance in 2001. The Xbox 360 in 2006. iOS operating systems in 09. Xbox 360 in 12. And 2019 Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4. Xbox One and Android. Okay, That's all so, the original Doom. That's so, just the original Doom. You could right. get the original Doom to run it on a T9 Texas Instrument calculator, too. <laughs> you can. You can. I played it that way. So, okay, the Acorn Archimedes. <laughs> it came out in 1987. It was a computer, personal computer, basically. And it was made by the Acorn's own ARM architecture or it had ARM architecture processor in it. The company has since gone defunct. Oh yeah. Okay. Thanks. So yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a British computer, which I don't, I don't know. Correct me podcast land. If you know of British leading any sort of anything as far as technology goes, but I don't. Well, they surely haven't put a man on the moon. Have they anyways? No. So doom to America. Earth? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. We yes. have. And okay, we did it whatever. without the metric system. We used freedom units. <laughs> Doom 2 came out in 94 on MS-DOS, 95 in Mac OS, Game Boy Advance in 02, 360 in 10, re-released by Bethesda in 2012, and 2019 Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, iOS, and Android. Final Doom, 1996, MS-DOS, PlayStation, and Mac. 2020 Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, 
as a free add-on available for Doom and Doom 2. Doom 64. 97, it came out on Nintendo 64. Should have figured that one out, right? A 2020 Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Stadia, and Xbox One as a Bethesda re-release. Hold on, we just breezed over the 64. I actually played... That, I gave the, you all the information on the 64. Well, no, I, I actually played Doom 64 more than I probably played any of the other ones, which really wasn't a whole lot in, in hindsight, but Doom 64 was acceptable. Well, it's interesting because it's a completely different game. Yeah. Whereas the Doom and Doom 2 ports for all you of those other up. systems, <laughs> yeah, like they all basically were the same. They had the same music, they had the same character design, but the 64 version, all the bad guys were were redrawn, reskinned, all the weapons were reskinned. Like it mm -hmm. was not a port, it was a completely different game yeah. that that just sort of made by a completely different publisher. Exactly. Well, it was right. also made by id, wasn't it? Well, it was oversaw by ID. Soft, yeah. uh ID entertainment. It was actually, yeah. Wait a second. It was made by midway. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's right. made by midway and okay. it was published by dot, 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 Bethesda studios. I, oh. I will say doom 64. The one thing that they changed, I had, I couldn't get my head around for the longest time is they put dual blades on the chainsaw. I why didn't not? even notice. Why why not? I mean, you're operating it's, in that world, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, No, I I get the practical reasons on why it wouldn't work, but why not? The gentleman's name was the Doom Marine in Doom 64. The Doom Marine. Now moving on to a better Doom game. <laughs> um Doom 3 Right, released in 2004, Microsoft Windows and Linux, 2005, Xbox and OS X. I have no idea what OS X is. Hmm. Maybe operating system 10 for Apple. Not quite sure. I believe so. The X. Oh, this side note for Doom 3. It was developed by ID Software and published by Activision. The Xbox version contains full versions of the Ultimate Doom and Doom 2 but they were only available for limited editions when you purchased it. I bought that. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Nice. I, it was one of the only reasons I got an Xbox. I got an Xbox for like the, the dead rising series, left Great for dead news. series and Great the doom, doom three. <laughs> okay. So I will say it was published by Activision, but the game came out in 2004 so it was being developed in 2002, 2003, which was before Activision started buying up good companies and swallowing them and spitting out turds, you know. As companies do. Um, Activision's done it more than anybody else, and I would. I'll fight you. I say I, EA did it more. I'm saying uh, EA did yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. That's That's a fair... I'm not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> All right. Doom 3 Resurrection of Evil came out in 2005 for Microsoft Windows, Linux, and Xbox. Doom 3 BFG Edition came out in 12 on Windows, PlayStation 3, 360. 2015 for NVIDIA Shield. That was a thing. Hmm. And Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One in 2019. Whatever happened to the Shield? I, I still have mine. It's like, it's okay. just like a little tablet. Never cloud, even heard of it. Cloud, it's cloud gaming, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. 
So 2016 Doom Remastered, developed by ID Software, published by Bethesda. The multiplayer was co-developed by Certain Affinity, and I forget who they got bought up with, but they got bought out by somebody. It was released in 2016 for Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, 2017 for the Switch, and 2020 for the Stadia. Now, Doom, Doom 2016, the Doom remaster, the Doom remake, whatever you want to call it. Soft reboot. Sure. <laughs> it only came out because Wolfenstein got remastered. And yeah. everybody really fell in love with the Nazi killing BJ Blaskowitz from Wolfenstein. Yeah, it was a great game. The only thing that Doom did different than Wolfenstein did at that point is they they put vertical gameplay in the 2016 version because there were parts of the map that you had to go up level. So you had to mm -hmm. jump mm -hmm. and mantle to to get. They also hid a lot of collectibles in the games. The little Doom, what are they, Doom guys? Is that what they were called, the Doom dolls? They had like little bobbleheads. Uh -huh. Some of them were of the Doom guys. Some of them were of the monsters and stuff. There was some other stuff too. Little like files you could find with other collectible stuff. I just liked it when he found the little bobbleheads. You take their fist and raise it up and then give it a little fist bump. Yeah. It, it it also would play like a real quick little snippet of the original Doom song episode one. Yeah, the, the first level of the first Doom game. It would play like a little MIDI version of that when you found them. Which speaking of which, the music. So the original Doom game from the 90s, it's so funny how they got away with this. Because if you go back and listen and you can actually find a playlist on Spotify, this is great. All the music for the first Doom game is basically ripoffs of Metallica, Slayer, Nine Inch Pantera. Nails. Yes, it's just their songs played on MIDI files, like with one note change, so they won't get sued. But it's the same exact stuff. But then in 2016, they got Mick Gordon, who is one of my favorite musicians in the world, to basically reimagine a lot of those old songs, but then also do completely new stuff. And it's got this great industrial new metal down tuned vibe. The music in doom 2016 is one of the best parts. Hmm. The last game that come out was doom eternal. And that's where yeah. I kind of lost my love. <laughs> I didn't lose my love for it. It's it, it in itself is its own game, right? I'm not going to compare it to the original Doom just because it is so story-driven. There's a huge narrative. There is. You could literally pick this game up and play it without playing any of the other games and not be lost because it has its own beginning and its own ending. It doesn't leave much that you have to discover in the lore. That Which, is isn't that what a good game should do, even if it is well, in a series? I mean, think about think about like all the all the Call of Duty games or all the that's a bad example. All the all the Final Fantasy games or the Resident Evil games, right? If most Resident Evil games you can pick up and play without having very much backstory and be able to thoroughly enjoy the game. 
But there is like when you play Resident Evil one, and then you go and you go go try to play Resident Evil two, where it picks up. You're kind of after Raccoon over, City. Yeah. yeah, you have a lot of lore you have to make up to fully understand what's going on and what these characters when they re meet and they're like, "Hey, it's you again." I didn't think I'd see you, and you're like, "What?" So, yeah. So for me, it's not really the lore or anything like that that was bothering me. I loved Doom 2016. I loved it from the gameplay style to the music to the visuals, the monster design, the weapon design, all of it. I was 100% into it. And then when I went to play Doom Eternal, I was so excited. And the, the graphics are like a little more cartoony. They're mm-hmm. not as they're not as visceral and scary looking. There's it's it's for me, it's almost overcomplicated because there's like you've got all these extra abilities and weapons and all this stuff that you can do that I guess is a lot of fun. But for me, it's like, okay, I have to do what to get extra ammo, but I have to do this if I want to get extra health. But you yeah, gotta kill the, these uh, the different button matching. Yeah, and then you gotta use this weapon on this bad guy or this weapon on that bad guy. But you gotta hit this hit point or that hit point. It's just too much, especially if you try to play it on anything other than the easiest settings, because you'll be in an arena with eighty-five monsters and it's full speed. You have to jump everywhere and dash mm-hmm. everywhere, and I it, it was it was just too much for me. Twenty sixteen had some of that. But Eternal, I think, went a little too far for it. Yep. So so what I'll say is I gave Doom Eternal a shot, and I actually found myself in the same position that you were just talking about, Monster. And when I play games, I like game to be challenging, but I don't like it to be stupid hard and infuriating. That's one of the reasons why I hate the Dark Souls games, because those exactly. games don't play anywhere. And I play games to relax and enjoy my time. I don't play games to get frustrated. That's why I never set anything to the hardest level. And I know there's people out there that are going to say that I'm an idiot. You know, I'm a wuss, whatever. Say what you will. But I choose to enjoy my time playing games because I don't really get a lot of time to play games. So when I do it, I want to be able to go, okay, I did this. Not I failed again. Okay, so that's the thing. I think that if I was in my 20s and I wasn't married and I didn't have kids and I could sit and play a video game for three, four hours at a time, then I would get comfortable with all the different mechanics and all the different things you had to learn how to do. But as a casual gamer who plays video games for maybe an hour every other day, it's too much. My brain cannot keep it in to, to actually be able to accomplish it properly. Doom 2016 had some of that, but they just went so far in Eternal that I just, I couldn't keep up. And uh, even, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this YouTube channel called CV11, but he he does first-person shooters, and he's done all the Doom games from start to finish. And even he was like, the first half of Doom Eternal, he was almost ready to put it down because of what I was just saying. Every few minutes, you got to learn how to do this. You can't get past this part until you can master this or master Mm -hmm. that. And he was like, okay, I'm starting to get tired of this. And then he said, by the second half, it opens up and you, you like feel like you've accomplished something by learning all those things. But to your point, danger, I, I don't have the time and the patience to master all that at this moment. So yeah. 
maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll pick it up another time in the future. But for now, Doom 2016 was just fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, so sure, let's get into spinoffs. All right, spinoffs. Spinoffs. All right, mobile game 2005 Doom RPG. Re-released, re-released in 2009, Doom 2, the RPG on mobile. iOS 2009, Doom Resurrection. Set in a parallel universe to Doom 3, it says. Doom, yep, Doom 2 uh, RPG released on Java ME, BlackBerry OS, Windows Mobile, and iOS in 2009, 2010, respectively. How do you Doom- make Doom into an RPG? They did it. I mean, I, yeah. I gotta look that up. That sounds wild to me. I don't, I never played it, so I can't tell you how they did it, but they did it. It uses the Wolfenstein RPG engine from what I'm looking at right now. What is, what is Wolfenstein RPG? What are you doing? I don't know. I'm telling you facts. You're telling me words and I believe them, but sounds strange. It's fair. Doom VFR came out in 2017 for Mixed Reality, HTC Vive, and the PlayStation VR. Have you played that one, Monster? I know you got a VR. It's one on my list, but I never played it. And honestly, I've seen gameplay of it, and I don't know if I could handle it. I know you have a VR too, Sarge, but I don't think you've played it. So, Mm-mm. Yeah. And the latest and greatest spinoff in 2023 is called Do- uh, Mighty Doom. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a fun game. I never played it, but it looks cool. Yeah, Additionally, looks fun, but... to the to the spinoff games, there's also a few novels. You have a four-set novel written by a guy with the last name of Hugh and another guy with the last name of Lena Weaver, published in 1995, Lino January 19, <laughs> thanks for interrupting, 1996, by Pocket Books. <laughs> The books listed in order is Knee Deep in Hell, Hell on Earth, Eternal Sky, and Endgame. They actually gave the Marine a name of Flynn Taggart, or Fly, as his nickname. No. Yeah. I want Doom Guy. <laughs> Doom Slayer. In 2005, it was a film novelization, was released by Pocket Star Books, and it was adapted by John Shirley. In 2008, Doom novels by Matt J. Costillo, who an author who worked on the strips, the scripts for Doom Three: Resurrection of Evil. Uh, it's called. Let's see if I have the list name. Worlds of Fire. Hmm. And the second book was Maelstrom. There is a one-shot comic book being done, and tabletop games in 2004. Yeah, like, like a a role play game. Yes. Cool. I'm. I kind of feel like I've crammed enough in my brain for Dungeons and Dragons. I don't need to cram another. Plus, plus, game. I, I don't know if you guys know. Kind of one of the origins of Doom proper was Dungeons and Dragons. Ramiro and Carmack had a Dungeons and Dragons game that they had been playing, like amongst doing other nonsense when they were younger and they had kind of painted themselves into a corner of demons invading their world. And it was overthrown with these demons that they kind of screwed up their D and D game. And they were like, what if we made a game where demons invaded the earth? And that's sort of how one of the, you know, starting points for doom was. 
That makes sense. I mean, you know, there's been plenty of things that we've been fans of, franchises, games, and all, movies and all, that are just brought on by the simple idea of something else and just morphs into this whole other thing. Yeah. Like, for instance, Chainsaw Massacre and Final or uh, Twisted Metal. You know, those were all just mm. kind of thought of from other things that were happening. So, you know, I'm good with uh, Dungeons and Dragons of Elliot or demons invading the earth, but I and, I, have, I, I and I would I be cool with like a, a Doom themed game like that with little miniatures and of the monsters and stuff. That'd be pretty fun. Yep. All right. Well, when it comes out, let's get it. We'll do a playthrough of it. Sure. Right. So. <laughs> The name Doom came from a Tom Cruise quote. Yep. John Carmack said in, a, in an interview that they were in the, the game's title was inspired by a scene in The Color of Money in which Tom Cruise, his character, pulls out a custom cube case at a pool hall. Carmack reminisced about the scene. What do you have there? Asked someone. Doom replied, Cruise with a cocky grin. That and the resulting carnage is how I viewed us springing the game to the industry. Other names were discussed, which I thought this was funny. Attack of the Attackers was one of the serious ones, but ID Software Development Team decided it was a little too dumb. Well, if that name didn't tell them anything going into it. I like. I also like that you keep calling it ID instead of id. <laughs> Do we? I just call it ID. That's how I always. That's always. That's fair. I've always done it. You know, I'm a little bit older than you. I've been around a little bit longer. I know a little bit more than you. Right, but it's a um, Fro it's a play on the Freudian concept of the id, and that's how they. You know, that's why it's called id software, not ID. You're just calling it the wrong name. ID. You'll be fine. You're a little older and hey. calling it the wrong name, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> so Doom was conceived as aliens meet the Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 uh, was another inspiration. I didn't I didn't realize that until I watched that interview with, with Carmack mm -hmm. in it. And the what did he say? I have a, I have a copy and pasted here. Because so I read the script. Uh, as a hybrid of James Cameron's science fiction staple and Sam Raimi's over-the-top cult cult horror classic, which sees characters accidentally summon. And then brutally battle undead terrors. Yeah, it, that is why the design team included chainsaws and shotguns, favorites of Evil Dead's Ash yeah. amongst the game weapons. It was like a, a mix of aliens and Evil Dead too, and that that's about right. Which is, do you remember how many people worked on the original Doom? Wasn't many. It was I, like I don't know, but I'm gonna say ten. Yeah, it was like eight or ten guys, Most, right? Fifteen, 15. people. John Carmack carried most of the programming duties. John Romero, who handled level design, and Tom Hall, whose elaborate Doom Bible gave the game creative direction and detailed world. You know who else worked on, I'm pretty sure, Doom and then also Doom 2? Do you guys, does the name American McGee mean anything to you guys? No. He went on. I may have that in my notes somewhere, but okay. I doubt it. He went on to do the really trippy, weird Alice in Wonderland video games that were almost like 
they were rated M for mature. They were really kind of violent and kind of scary looking, but he's gone on to do other games too, but he kind of got his start doing level design for the doom games. If you look him up, I guarantee that he's done a game that you have played and are familiar with. I'm sure he, he's probably one of those guys that's had his hands in everything at some point. Yeah. So metal and rock bands returned the favor. Smashing Pumpkins, Warbringer, Hexen, and many other metal and industrial bands have included tributes to Doom in their songs. In 1995's, I'm going to say this, Manny, I think I may have copied this out, Charlton from the Nazareth, Nazareth? Nazareth? Is a band. Yeah, Nazareth is a metal band. I couldn't play anybody who's in the band, so. Yeah sent Romero a tape containing an untitled song for shareware style distribution <laughs> with a note reading for all the guys and gals at ID.D. Uh, he, he didn't work who for came them. up with the coolest game. This side of hell kick some demon butt to this. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And so with that being said, give Bobby Prince some, some love. Cause he was the, the music director and everything for the game. And he's the one who was ripping off this love and oh, master sure. puppets and all that good stuff. <laughs> I believe it was Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, Allison chains, ACDC, black Sabbath, and many, many more. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. And like I said, if you go on Spotify and you search original doom soundtrack, Obviously, all the new Mick Gordon stuff pops up, but if you do enough clicking around, you'll find a couple of playlists that are all the songs like Metallica, Master of Puppets, This Love, Pantera, like the actual original versions. It's pretty cool. I'm a, I, I actually I'm, I'm going to look it up right now because I'm quite curious. So ID Software saw it's saw it as a productivity drain in an interview they said college students weren't the only ardent fans because number one you guys gotta remember this game was free the original doom came out as shareware it was free so they just gave it out not only like in terms of graphics and gameplay and level design was it ahead of the curve but they did the shareware thing which for, yep. for younger people who don't know essentially the way shareware would work was you could play a, a sometimes the whole thing sometimes just a chunk of the game up to a certain point and then they would say hey if you want to continue this game send a check for X amount of dollars and we will send you the rest of it. And on the one hand, you don't have your game sitting in a store to be purchased, but on the flip side, every bit of profit goes right back to you because mm-hmm. you skip all the middle stuff. So it was doom was episodic yes. when it was yes. released, which was great. So that's actually pretty similar to how the Witcher series got, you know, uh, took off. Because it was first, it was done that way, but then people were copying the game over in Sweden mm-hmm. and passing it out to people. Oh, that's so, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So college students weren't the only ones playing the game. They noticed that there was a national drop in productivity, <laughs> and it even hit the Washington Post when it revealed a piece that ID Software wasn't immune to this violent procrastination. James Wilbur's ID CEO told the paper, we've had conversations with some of our people. 
projects weren't getting done because everyone was playing Dune. Yep, I believe it. Ramiro got so into doing death matches and land parties that he just completely like threw responsibility out the window to play video games. <laughs> More or less. Speaking of which, one one real quick personal story. When I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years old, 11 years old, my parents were friends with a family and he was the, the husband was real big into computer gaming. And so he had the original doom. He would host land parties at his house with his friends. And, you know, I would go over there and they would babysit me and stuff. So I would hang out and he would be having these land parties and I wasn't any good. I was way too young to actually, you know, do well. So we used to always play, we he'd be in one room and his buddies were in the other rooms and stuff. So he would always be like, Hey man, I'll play. You talk shit. <laughs> so he would be like playing and I would be like calling out these dudes who are like in their twenties and, and stuff. And just, he's smoking them left and right. And they all think this little puny kid who has no idea what he's doing is wasting them. It was, it was so much fun. He, that was that was probably my first introduction to Doom, actually. Before I ever played it, I was watching them play it. <laughs> and then suddenly he re-enters their room they are in, and then you start to suck again. Right, right. For some reason, when he Luke's by himself, bow, he's terrible. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a movie with a budget of $70 million, okay. but only made a box office of $58.7 million return. And that is the 2005's Doom, rated R at, a, at one hour and 45 minutes with the very, very young Dwayne The Rock Johnson, only known as The Rock in those credits. Yes. And Carl Urban was also in that, right? Yeah. So you've got, I, I'm pulling this up to make sure I got this right because you've got Carl Urban, you've got The Rock. Yep. You've got Richard yep. Brake, who is just an awesome, like, if you're a horror movie fan, he he's mm -hmm. he's important. You've got a solid cast, but God almighty, did they mess this movie up. It's so bad. Everybody's got a turd. And the guy who directed it has some solid credits. He was the director of Romeo Must Die, Exit Wounds. He worked on Speed. He I wouldn't call any of those solid credits, but go on. They're better than Doom. How many, how many, how many movies have you directed? None. But there we go. So there's pretty solid. But but he knows it's called id software and not ID. But the point is, is this movie should have been decent. It's not that hard to make a first person shooter into a movie. But then again, we all remember the first Resident Evil movie, which steered about as far clear from the game as possible well, so we can't say it was completely terrible because it did get three nominations was the one Razzies. of them a Razzie yeah one of them was Dwayne Johnson as the worst actor in 2006 for the Razzie did he hit rock bottom oh my god the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards nominee Dwayne Johnson and Carl Urban for the bloodiest beatdown and a, and a nominee for the highest body count. Well, I remember part of the ad campaign for that movie was they were like, there is actually a scene that is shot 
like a first person shooter. And I was like, they did. Oh, that's yes. cool. And it lasts for about 25 seconds and has horrendous CG monsters. It looks like a straight to sci-fi movie. Like, I don't understand how it's this bad. Yeah. The movie was, so maybe, the story, sorry, the movie was bad. And I think it's because of resident evil. Because Resident Evil kind of set a precedent for taking video game properties, turning them into movies, and not sticking to the the game that was the, the storyline that was given to us. I would like to think with the resurgence of 2016 and Doom Eternal that maybe they try again. I don't know. Because the second Doom movie they made, I never saw it, but I did see some clips and stuff. It's even worse. I it's actually kinda, didn't know there was a second one until we sat down here tonight and Sarge informed me that there was a second one. So yeah, that's how bad it is. Like if IMDB and I didn't look, if IMDB gave the first Doom a four, then it probably gave the second Doom a two. It is. I will look bad, it up now. Bad, bad. So the premise of the 2005 Doom was space Marines are sent to investigate a strange event at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. They were not genetically enhanced killing machines. Not in the least. But they're demons. As from terrible <laughs> as as terrible as it was. And I think what led to it being as bad as it was was number one, they tried to make it a sci-fi horror movie so it's lots of flickering lights and dark hallways and and then you put one of the up-and-coming actors known as the rock i want to say this was one of his first acting movies he was in i don't quite remember off the top of my head but he didn't have his he's not the rock that you see in the movies now 100 percent for sure i think he was still bouncing back between movies and wwe at the time or wwf or wcw whichever it was. his wrestling yeah yeah the, like he's definitely gotten better as an actor i think he had done I'm, I'm looking him up right now on imdb he had already done walking tall he had already done the rundown he did the scorpion king so he had had a little bit of acting under his belt but he's just so stiff and unlikable in in Doom. So yeah, I mean, if you notice after Doom, right, he stopped with the wrestling appearances because if you look at his at, at his at his appearance history, right, let's let's go back. Two thousand and five was also WWE Day of Reckoning two. He was a video game. Then he did another video game. Then he did a TV series. And then he was back into, into video game voice acting. And then he's back into the wrestling ring. It just, ugh. Anyways. Okay, so. His I, acting I, was atrocious. His acting now, I think he could actually be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger because his timing is, is really, really good. And he's definitely got the physical stature to be so. But, okay, so I looked up Doom and Doom Annihilation. It came out in 2019 on IMDb. The first Doom had 5.2. Out of 10 on IMDb. Doom Annihilation has a 3.8. I, I was I was not far off. <laughs> on IMDb, if you're a seven, you're a movie. 
Yeah. So one of the other good actors, actresses they had on there was Rosamund Pike, who played the lead yeah. scientist and sister to Dwayne, that's Dwayne Johnson, to Carl Urban's John Grimm. And she's actually in Wheel of Time right now, I think is what she's currently yeah. in. She uh, does her acting is like, I don't think she was the reason that movie sucked. <laughs> no, no, and I mean, you know, it had Carl Urban, Rosamund Pike, and Dwayne Johnson. I think Dwayne Johnson was still trying to make a certain kind of name for himself in movies, you know, because if you look mm -hmm. at the movies he was doing at the time, and Carl Urban. I think Carl Urban is a fantastic actor when he's given the freedom to do what he wants to do or what he feels like needs to happen. If you look at the boys or if you look at dread, he was fantastic. And oh, dread both of those. was great. Yeah. yeah it's fantastic. in both of those and in dread, he didn't even take off his helmet the whole time. And he was fantastic in it. So, and Rosemary Pike follows what she's told. And so I think, there was, it was probably producer or studio meddling or something that messed that movie up. Or it was Resident Evil that came out <laughs> right yeah. around the same time. Yeah. And so Doug Jones is also in that. If you don't know who Doug Jones is, Doug Jones is a phenomenal physical actor. Mm -hmm. Benicio Del Toro always uses him. Yeah. He that. does like the creatures. Like he likes, he's yeah. always like the creature people. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, it's one of those things where it's like all the pieces are there and it's one of those movies that I have gone back and like, you know how sometimes you see a movie and it's disappointing and you go back and you like reevaluate it. And it's like, Oh, it's not as bad as I remembered it and whatever. It's no, still it still sucks. It still yeah. sucks. I've tried two or three times. Like th the first resident evil. Now that I know what to expect, I don't mind the first resident evil movie. I think it's all right, but the doom god doom should have been yeah. better yeah i think with doom they had all the pieces they just put the puzzle together upside down and duct taped it to hold it together that's fair so let's close this out with the straight to dvd release oh, of doom annihilation of 2019 rated r an hour and 36 minutes which was about an hour too long in my opinion Amy Manson was in it. I'm trying to think of anyone else of note. There, there's not. If if the first Doom is a is a sci-fi original, then Doom Annihilation is a Tubi original. <laughs> okay, so what? Okay, so Doom and Mortal Kombat both like the sequels were called Annihilation. Was that a thing at some point that passed you yes. by? I, yes, that is one of those generic sequel titles like that a lot of stupid movies that can't think of something better to do will use. It made more sense in the Mortal Kombat arena. There might have even been a Resident Evil Annihilation. I, I feel like that might have been, been one of them. I'm going to look now. Because there was, I want to say... As... Seven or eight Resident Evil films, if you include the CG ones as well. Anyway, that's way off topic. Sorry. <laughs> it's all, it's all right. You know, as as Forrest Gump once said, that's all I got to say about that. That's yeah. all I got to say about that movie because it was it was terrible. I watched it today and I fast forwarded it through a lot of it. I most of almost all of it. I'm sure you could find um, it on YouTube and play it like at like two like twice the speed. <laughs> Yeah. So as we're closing out these episodes this season, we're talking about things we're doing, reading, watching, 
I'm going to I'm going to use my mental uh, abilities here brought on by Bourbon and mm -hmm. I'm going to say that Danger is currently watching another Ghost Hunters Finding Bigfoot type show and Monster has been playing in a band and recently took the little monsters to a probably got pictures taken or something like that because his wife's in charge. So all right, so what 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 have you been doing, Monster? <laughs> We have taken a couple of trips to the mountains. We went to Tweetsie Railroad two weekends ago, and then we went to Bryson City this past weekend, just trying to enjoy the mountains in the fall, the leaves changing, riding some trains. The girls are having a great time. So, yeah, good stuff. All right, Danger. All right. So while to shut the brain off, yes, I will flip on Ghost Adventures, but we have actually watched the first half of the Follow the House of Usher series, and mm. it is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Loosely based on the Edgar Allan Poe story, but there are actually references to other stories. And the title of each episode is another one of his stories, and it usually has something to do with what's happening in that episode. And it's actually a great, great series. I am looking forward to finishing it. And that, you know, it's who's the director monster, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Mike Flanagan, showrunner. Yeah. And Mike Flanagan is either spot on hit on, or I just lose interest all the way. Like the haunting of Bly Manor. Didn't care about it. Haunting of Hill house. Fantastic. Gerald's game. Fantastic. So where he's good, he is great. Also midnight club. I didn't really care about that, but mass. No, no. Uh, midnight club was, movie or a, a Netflix series. There was Midnight Mass, but a Midnight Club was these kids that live in this like house where they they go for when they get sick and they all meet at the middle of the night. Not very good. Didn't really like it. That was so, Flanagan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He actually uses two of the actors from that show in it. So gotcha. Sarge, Sarge, I recommend the follow the house of Usher. And also I'm not watching this, but I feel like we should mention that if you go to podbean.com and use the code DANGERSARGE, you get a free month of podcast hosting services. Make sure you do read those terms and conditions because they do apply. Sarge, yes, do. what have you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? I've been doing watching some self-help seminars type stuff. Really getting into Tony Robbins? Most no, no, not necessarily. Just listening to different people have to say about like health and fitness, mental health, stuff like that. Also content creation, things of that. I'm trying to like expand my knowledge sets. I am reading some, some guilty pleasure books right now. I'm rereading Starship Troopers probably the 50th time. So I need to read that. Good book. Great book. Great, Great movie. Book. <laughs> No, movies suck. Books better. We should have a discussion about that well, sometime. We did in season two. <laughs> I think we already hit. Yeah. So, all right. If anybody listens to this episode and takes anything away, it's skip the movies. The movies are terrible. The games are great. Play it simple. Yes. Turn the movies into a drinking game for crazy cliche things. Take a drink. We've got to set what the cliche. Every time you see a flashing light. Every, every time there's a flashing light, take a drink. Every time that they kill something that's not the monster, take a drink. Just have fun with and, it. And have as far as the games go, even if you're not into retro gaming, if you are a fan of, of action games, first-person shooters, survival horror games, 
you ought to go back and play at least the first Doom and Doom 2. I think Doom 3 is cool for its own reasons. Doom 64 has its merits. I personally love Doom 2016, but it's definitely more of an action game than it is a horror game. Um, but all of them have... There, there's not a bad Doom game that it, in mainline. There, yep. There is not a bad Doom game. It, you should definitely check them out. Yes, you should. And because my bourbon has now reached zero in my glass in my mason jar, we're going to call it an evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Danger and Sarge, my name is Sarge. We have Danger. Say hi. Hi, bye. bye. And Monster. Say goodnight, Monster. Later. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. It's over. Done. Done.